Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my goodness, everyone. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. Been here for 23 years and just love being here with you on a Sunday night. It's just my favorite thing. And I tell you, we have two great producers. We are down to two with Chris Tubbs uh, joining us uh, to do the Center Stage Hour. And then, of course, Jonathan Lowe, who books from 7 to 9 p.m., and I just love having him on. He's so much fun. Hey, Jonathan, how you be? Uh, he's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah huh. <laughs> um, oh, it's like that, huh? <laughs> tonight may be uh, one of those nights. Oh, um, no. It, yeah, maybe one of those nights tonight just because of the fact that we do have severe weather potential. And right. and uh, we are continuing to monitor it. Nothing has really formed yet. Um, there there were some storms up in the northwest corner of the state. I want to say north of Fergus Falls uh, about an hour or two ago, but nothing has really started started to jump off yet. But we are in the crosshairs tonight, so we're we're in the bullseye zone. So uh, we'll just keep it. Keep a monitor on it, and if anything develops, we'll let you know. Break in, yeah, absolutely. As many of you know, Jonathan, he is a um, trained meteorologist, used to be a meometeorologist, I think, in uh, Seattle area. Anyway, Washington State. Washington and State. I, it was yes. That and that's so. Quick story. I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll creak the door open a little bit into my past. Oh, so, my gosh. Hold on. I have to get a drink, yes. like a drink of coffee or something. This is yes. exciting. Yes. Okay, go. So when I was uh, applying for jobs, I'd just gotten out of college. I was a few months out of college, and so the the search was pretty extensive. And so I got an email from a good friend of mine who was – she's been in journalism, communications, in the, in the PR and marketing uh, through her career – and she sent me an email for this posting for a news station out in Washington State. Mm-hmm. So I sent my tape out. The news director got in contact with me. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to her from Kansas City, never really been out to the Pacific Northwest at all. And I asked the news director, so how close are you all to Seattle? And she laughed at me. <laughs> Because I would did you shor- go into the wilderness? <laughs> I would shortly find out that this is not really this place was really nowhere near Seattle. It's about a three and a half hour drive from three three hour to three and a half hour drive from this area to Seattle 
on the complete opposite side of the state. And it's a completely different experience from what you normally would think of Washington State with all the trees and the greenery and the rain and, and, and the Puget Sound and the ocean and all that stuff. No, 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 no. This, this, this was nothing, nothing like that. Good area. I, I enjoyed my time there. But uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's different than you would think. Yeah, but you made some good friends too. That's, to I did. Me, that's even more important. Yeah, I did. I, I, I made, I made uh, a lot of goofball friends uh, who accepted my goofballness, and we have known each other now for, <laughs> for going on 20 years. Well, you are blessed, sir. You are blessed to have friends. There are too many people walking the earth well, that don't have any friends. They maybe can call not on, these so. friends. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm kidding. <laughs> I've I'm heard kidding. about them. I'm I've heard kidding. about how much you love them. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm really excited to hear about um, the pregame show that's going to happen for uh, the Twins ball game. Tell us about it. Tell us about the them returning. Tell us about when it's going to start right here on WCCO. Oh, you're talking about tomorrow's game? I'm like, uh-huh. what, are you ta- what are you talking about with the pregame? I'm like, there's no new pregame show, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what this is. Um, so from what I know, we're, we're going tomorrow. Uh, the Twins won today. They ended up sweeping the San Francisco Giants. Right. And so uh, Cleveland, I believe, ended up losing to Seattle. So now they've gained a game. The Twins have their back to within two games of Cleveland. And the Twins will play tomorrow night against the Boston Red Sox, good old Sox coming into town. Yeah. Um, that will be a 640, I believe, uh, first pitch. So that will be a 530, I'm sorry, a 6 o'clock pregame. That's exciting. So they're starting to creep a- above, right? I mean, can they stay there, you think, where they are? They've they got, have to they've move got to, further. They've got to continue to play really good baseball uh, going mm-hmm. into this last these last six weeks, five, six weeks of the season. Um, they they had a pretty big lull through the big, the late portion of July and the beginning of August. They had a pretty pretty big lull. And so because of that, they got behind. They were ahead by a nice margin uh, going into the All-Star break. Uh, or, well, I should say going into July. Uh, the, the, the struggles probably started early in July, continued through the All-Star break, and have continued until – recently where they've finally gotten some wins together. So they just need to continue to play well and continue to keep winning because Cleveland has not really let up. Uh, They did have some struggles this weekend in Seattle, but other than that, they've been pretty hot. As far as the uh, as far as their play has been, so they just yeah. Need that's to keep the winning. thing I don't I don't quite understand about sports, especially when it comes to baseball, basketball, football. Is that you know if you get a lull, you know where you get some time to breathe and rest, and then you come back, maybe you're not as strong. Some are are stronger and others are not. And I've found that out and kind of thought to myself, then why don't they just keep going? Because of course it must be a strain on their body. Well, it it all depends on momentum. Momentum is is always a fickle thing. Because you could have teams that have struggled going into a long break, going into like an all-star break where you have a week off, about a week off for some of these teams. Some teams go in with a lot of momentum. They find a way to keep that momentum going after the break is done. Some teams have a lot of momentum and they lose it. Some Mm -hmm. teams have struggled and they need a reset and they get a chance to reset and then they go on a hot streak. So it's it's – especially with sports, the better teams find ways to stay even keel and stay 
on a good pace no matter how long the, any breaks in their schedule are. You know, I was part of a, a denomination that really did not encourage us to be in sports at all. You know, they didn't want us to wear the shorts. You know, they wanted us to be, you know, conservative Christians and do the right thing, you know, as young people. And I think back on that now and think, man, I wish they hadn't taught us that. I wish that hadn't been the deal because so many of us did not participate. So many young people did not participate at that church. So I'm, you know. I'm just I'm just saying I. To me, honestly, when you when you talk biblically or anything, I think the right thing is rising up and dunking on you. Uh, I think that's that's the right oh. thing personally. I, unfortunately, I haven't had the ability to do that, so that's wishful thinking for me. But just just dunking on a fool is just just great. You're incredible. I think we have to take a break, don't we? I believe we do. Yes. Perfect timing. We'll be back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is now 721 here at WCCO. Welcome back. This week, President Biden announced his plans to provide up to $10,000 in student loan forgiveness to many who are trying to pay off that debt and even up to $20,000 for some Pell Grant recipients. Now, what impact will this have on the nation's economy is what I want to know. We reached out to attorney and student loan expert Heather Jarvis to find out if this will ultimately be a boon or a bust. She's joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, Heather? Nice to have you. Thank you so much for having me tonight. What a nightmare this has been this past week for me, because, of course, you've got, you know, one, the Republicans screaming, saying, way too much money, this is going to kill our democracy. And then you have others saying, wait, what about all the stuff you did for the billionaires, you know, the 12, I mean, the $2 trillion you guys spent? That's the argument. But what we're trying to do is get young people out of debt because of student debt. And it's frustrating to me. Is it frustrating for you? It has been very frustrating for me. I think that the Republican talking points are really off the mark in this case. This relief is very well targeted to real American taxpayers, students and families who need it most. 
Exactly. So if we know that this is a great possibility for millions of students, not hundreds, not thousands, millions of students, I have two myself, and they're just waiting to find out how, when will they know if they will receive it or not? Well, people can figure that out for themselves now, and I'll tell you how to do that. And then the application for those who do need to apply will be released here in the coming weeks, they say, by October. But essentially, in order to qualify for some loan cancellation, you've got to have some student loans, and you have to earn, as a single individual, less than 125000 in either 2020 or 2021 as reflected on your federal tax return. And if you're married or head of household, that's 250000 And then you, you can determine whether you're eligible for the 10000 or the larger $20,000 cancellation based on whether or not you received a Pell Grant in school. And right. that can be determined by visiting the government website at studentaid.gov. You can look up your, uh, whether or not you got a Pell Grant there. Studentaid.gov. Okay, so um, the young people that are going to get it, some people say, hey, if you've got, you know, $100,000 in debt, what is $10,000 going to do? Or how does $20,000 even help? But I think it really helps. Do you think it's enough to begin you know, I would have liked to have seen it be more. If it had been a larger number, more people would have been helped. But certainly the ten dollars and $20,000 amount is going to make a tremendous difference for some people. In fact, there are some 20 million people estimated who will receive their debt completely wiped out. So lots of people owe less than ten or $20,000. And, you know, I think we tend to think about traditional college students as, as, you know, young people who are just getting started. But the reality is that many of us borrow student loans at various points of our lives, and lots of people borrow here and there for, you know, additional education. And so it really is going to make a big difference to a lot of folks. So I want to be clear, um, how far back do we go uh, with students that have really had a hard time? Some of them um, did, were not able to pay it off and maybe were punished for that. So how do, we, how do we know that just about anybody can? How far back can it go? So it can go back indefinitely. There is no student loan that is too old to qualify for this program. Um, but current students have to have borrowed by the 1st of July of this year. So it's too late for anyone to get any new debt that would be eligible. But um, many of us, I mean, I, for one, have been out of law school for more than 20 years and still have a balance. Uh, and that's true of a lot of folks. So you're not going to get more than you owe. So if someone owes less than 10000 they will they can receive cancellation of just up to the full amount that is owed on the student loans. But, you know, one thing I think is important to just remember is how interest has really ballooned these balances for people. So there are folks who owe 10 or 20 or more in student loans, 1000 I should say, who borrowed far less than that but have seen the interest charges rack up over the years. Right, exactly. Of course, a great example for me are the Obamas, you know, President and First Lady Obama. They, they paid off their school debt, um, their loans, all of it, right before he got into office. You know, he was already yes, and chosen, you know, and they just did it. Yep. 
Yes. And, you know, I I had heard and I'm, I'm not sure if this is true, but the rumor is that President Obama did, was not in a position to pay off his loans when he was a, a law professor and constitutional scholar. But it wasn't until he wrote his first best-selling book that he earned the funds that enabled the family to prioritize that debt repayment. Isn't that remarkable? Just think of of the Obamas not being able to do it. And then you've got all these students that can't do it. You would have thought that, you know, way back, maybe 40 years ago, someone would have sat down and went, we need to change this now. Because I remember I had about $29,000, I think, to pay off. And I finally paid it off by the time I had my second child, which was like uh, uh, 1980. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Forgive me. But anyway, let's just say it. I won't, I won't age myself, but I will say that it was really important to pay it off, but it was really difficult to pay it off. So what is your advice for those who have done everything they're supposed to do, filled out the applications, made sure that they know if they have a Pell Grant, what type of uh, loans they have, they know exactly where to go, but they don't know what to say or how to make sure they fill it out in a way that they make sure that they get the money. Right. So there's two things that I would recommend. One is to visit the Department of Education's website, which is just ed.gov or ed.gov, and subscribe for updates. So they have, you know, a newsletter, and that's when they're going to push out the availability of the application to us. The other thing people should do now is update their contact information both at the studentaid.gov site, which is the official federal student aid website, but also with their student loan servicing company. So we're assigned to these companies that administer the programs, and it's important to double-check how your notification settings are so that they're not sending email to an inbox that you never check. Um, Mm -hmm. And other than that, take a look at your tax returns. Make sure that you have filed a tax return, at least for either 2021 or 2020, because that's going to be the data that the Department of Ed wants to grab from the IRS. And likely the application will be electronic and we'll be able to give permission for our income to be verified. And that's going to be the key to getting the cancellation, which they tell us will take four to six weeks after we begin applying in November. I'm a little concerned that the administration of the forgiveness will be rocky because the whole student loan system has been rocky, to be honest. So I feel like borrowers really need to plan to um, engage and um, assert themselves, apply, follow up uh, until we get the relief we've been promised. My goodness, I wish we had more time with you. It is such a pleasure to have you join us, Heather. Heather, thank you so much. I am clearer now. I really appreciate that. (laughs) You take care. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone, we got to pay some bills and uh, do some weather. Um, Of course, you you heard um, our our producer tonight, Jonathan Lowe, say that we could really be watching out if needed uh, for the weather because there's been talk about, you know, severe weather or weather coming at us um, that we may not be, uh, we really may not know about. So stay tuned right here to WCCO for all of those updates. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. I love to sing those little ditties. That's in sh- that's for sure. It is now seven thirty-seven, and we have open phones. Oh my gosh! I think this is important enough to really get out there and hear what you have to say. You've been listening to me already, and so I want to hear from you about 
this whole thing about student loans and trying to uh, forgive these loans so that the students that are still in school can move forward, the students that have already graduated with all of this debt, I believe it's really going to help them. So you can join us by either sending a text or calling us. I'd love to hear what you think about it. The phone number is 651-461-9226. Now here are the questions. Are you expecting Biden's forgiveness money? For college students, um, do you expect it to bring um, people joy or do you expect it to really upset people? But mainly, do you expect it to bring relief for students who have worked so hard to get these degrees, yet they are still paying for these debts. My daughter and son are both um, two of those, so I know how bad it is and how painful it is. So many parents keep trying to to help. Um, Also, the government right now with President Biden and his team, they're really trying to help with this. Some will complain and go, ah, $10,000 is nothing when you owe $150,000. Okay, it may be nothing to you, but it's $10,000 down from where you were. And don't you think, Jonathan, that should be important? I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask, number one, just because of the financial situation that I went through in college. But mm-hmm. I know people that have debt, and we've talked about this before. I know people that continue to pay down debt, and they have been out of college. Again, my class was 2002. I would have just sell, I, I've back in May – I celebrated 20 years of being becoming a college graduate, of getting my bachelor's. Oh, my goodness. And I know people that are a couple years older, a couple years younger. So they've been, we've been dealing with this for around that same 20-year time period. Mm-hmm. They are still paying this off. This is, this is stuff you don't even pay for a car for this long. You don't even pay for school for your own kids. For this long, you well, you don't you, you. The only thing you really pay for this long is a mortgage. A house, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's the only thing that can really compare to paying off student loans as far as the length of time. Now, I I understand people are going to say, you know, there are people that found ways to do it. You need to live within your means, and it's funny that people will talk about living within their means to other folks and never live within their means themselves. Right, uh, right. You know. But just think about that. If, if you are a college student that got out of school in, let's say, the year 2000, and this doesn't apply to just graduates. This, apply, this doesn't apply to medical students or law students or That's right. masters of uh, you know, business administration. This applies to people that stayed there four years. This applies to people that didn't even finish. They might have gone for two or three years, and they just they they didn't want to do it anymore, or they got priced out. And it's it's so expensive now to get a higher education in many ways that it's just mind boggling. Well, it's really. Um 
affecting young people today that are just graduating, like the the new the new um, students that graduated this this summer, especially in May or June, I think it was. Um, they were going off to college, so they're just starting college now, right? And they look at this and they hear it and go, "Whoa, okay, so what do you mean the interest rate keeps going up? What do you mean that this is a real challenge for us?" Now they're going to start reading and asking questions of people that are already on campus, the sophomores and the juniors and the seniors, trying to figure out, okay, how did you do it? How are you paying for it? There are some families that are so fortunate to be able to make those payments, able to pay it off. That's great. I'm not complaining about that. God bless you. But for those that can't do it and those interest rates continue to go and we know that these students are suffering, you can't just go back and get another loan all the time if you're still trying and missing uh, certain dates of, of payments because you just don't have the money. So for the, him to do this is absolutely wonderful to me. At the same time, I will tell you my truth. I wish it was more. I wish it was, you know, if it was $50,000 that they could pay off. Right? Give the students 50000 to pay off. Or, or should we say, let's look at the, the schools that are uh, the most, the best ones, like the Ivy Leagues that are here in, in this country. Or is it that if you started out at um, a community college and then you went to a college of your choice, um, maybe we could give you a little more money. I mean, I would love to see those scenarios, but nobody's talking about that that I know of. So okay, uh, I'm get. We are getting a few texts in about this. Um, one is any loan paid off during payment delay. So three twenty to now, uh, March twentieth, I guess. Um, oh, oh, the payment delay. So so the one that started in March of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. when when they deferred um, okay. to now is also eligible. So so if you got your, and I think that basically most people's. Payments were deferred. So I think that I'll have to ask the listener to call in or to either call in or, or kind of uh, send us another text. Yeah, yeah to make clarity, kind of explain bring that. Us clarity. Yeah, clarify. It. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then another one talking about something's wrong with the income limits. Um, why can't a couple making over $200,000 a year pay for their loan? And because so, we don't know what their debt is. We have no idea. Well, it's, What if someone was sick and they were in the hospital? Look, okay, hospital debt is real and it is awful. That is, it is awful. That's probably, in, in my opinion, that's the worst debt you could ever have. More than credit card, more than mortgage, more than, um, you know... The debt, the debt you may have to pay to some... Uh, criminal might be worse but as far as the quote-unquote legitimate loans that are out there i can't think of anything that's worse than than going broke or having issues due to medical debt so should that be the next one if this president which i believe he will get a second term if he comes forward and says okay these students have at least ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars down uh off of their loans Maybe the next thing he wants to attack is, you know, we, we've been trying our best to deal with, you know, some of the ways that other countries are doing health care. But maybe they will see, he will turn around and say all of this debt for these parents with these children that are in these hospitals or for loved ones that, you know, whether it's your grandparents or whoever it is, if you've got a bill for $500,000, we need to deal with that. I would love to hear him say that. So 
number one, I think that's going to be real tricky. And here comes another text that, that came in. Uh, what about the people that paid their own loans? Everyone knew what they were borrowing, have personal responsibility. That's the person that I was talking about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to that listener that just texted in. You're who I'm talking about. You know, it's great to say these people should have a personal responsibility, but you don't know what comes into their lives to make that difficult. It's not everybody saying, oh, I'm going to slough this off and say I'm going to party all the time because I have my loans, you know, my loans that I'll pay back later on. There are people that are working out there in this world. There are people that get into auto accidents and have cancer and have medical emergencies where things that were going great end up going south. And so it's it's I'm sorry, it's it's too blanket of a response and too Pollyanna Pollyannish of a response to say, have personal responsibility. You don't know those people's lives. And by the way, the laws that we have and the policies we sometimes we are adversely affected by that when it comes to college money, right? Um, I was one that was able. My father was killed by a drunk driver. God, it's hard to even say it. You never get over it. Um, and that was when I was fourteen years old. And I went off to college after I graduated from high school. And I remember being able to get a check from the government. Um, uh, I think it's called SSD, but I'm not sure. Forgive me. But I would get this small check. It wasn't a lot, but it was so helpful with, you know, when I needed to to buy books and that sort of thing. It was just wonderful. But my sister that came behind me, um, that was taken away by Reagan, President Reagan, and all. All of a sudden, those who had lost parents and would get a certain amount of money, and believe me, it wasn't a lot, but anything would help, um, it was very difficult for her. She um, actually got into an Ivy League and was not able to go because she just didn't have the money. My mom didn't have the money. It was really tough. So when you look at it from that lens, as our listener just wrote in to say, look, you know, you borrowed the money, then you pay it back. But circumstances happen. Things happen over the years, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're 18 year old as a, as a freshman. You get in, and you're really excited. You're doing well, and then all of a sudden, junior year, the debt has become so overwhelming for your family that you've got to go home, and that debt still exists. They don't stop. They don't just give you a hiatus, right? It's very frustrating. So if anything, if you're going to talk about if you took out the loan, then you ought to be able to pay it back as a student. As a student, really, I'm so grateful that I was able to pay down some of my daughter's debt and some of my son's debt when they were in college. I'm so grateful that I did as as much as I could to try to help them out financially. Some people may look at that and go, oh, you did too much. Nope, no. If you're going to go to college, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you go. And I fell short too, Jonathan. I felt there were moments I fell short and there were ways that my daughter and my son were able to find loans and say, I, I will be able to pay that off, mom. Don't you worry about it. So I'm frustrated with people like that. And sir, I'm sure you really mean it. And maybe you were truly blessed to get your children through college. But there are so many more that have real challenges. Do we have other calls, Jonathan? Or any other? Well, let's, let's break now and then we'll take a we have a caller that called and we'll take we'll take the break now first, though. All right, we'll be back. It is now 7.53 here at WCCO. The phones are open as well as uh, the...
text messages about what Biden has done with the student loans and really trying to help young people. And of course, Cheryl is calling in right now. I'm so grateful to hear from you, Cheryl. Give us your take on what has happened and do you believe this is the right way to go? Well, I have mixed feelings on it, but as far as who qualifies for it, Mm -hmm. it's my understanding that from what I've been reading, anybody who had debt as of 320, you know, in 2020, mm-hmm. um, if you paid it off between then and now, and so you're now debt-free, which we did a hoop-de-doo, I've got one that paid theirs off during that time, um, you are eligible for reimbursement up to the amount that you owed on May, uh, March 20th. Oh, my goodness, I did not know that. That's fantastic, so, right? <laughs> well, it, for us, it is. It's just about the 10 grand, not quite, but just about. Yeah, you know, I've heard some people actually say to me, Cheryl, um, you know, Geraldine, 10,000 is not much money. (laughs) And I go, yeah, but it's $10,000 less. All you got to do is pay that on the bill, you know, just pay it on the bill and you're already down $10,000. I would be thrilled to have something like that happen for me, you know, and I'm really fortunate. Don't get me wrong. I'm really fortunate, but go ahead. 10% 10% or the $10 or $10,000 that our second son is going to get, that's yes. 30% of his income. <laughs> oh, wow. He's only making 30000 So, right. um, yeah, he, he's got one of these good, good jobs in uh, public service that pays mm-hmm. real good. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, but, but it, it makes a big difference. It does. And I'm really happy for you that you don't have to carry that for them. Um, I think it's a remarkable thing that President Biden. Yeah, exactly. Don't we, though? That's what we do as parents. So it it gives me a relief, even though I don't get any money. I'm just sighing this beautiful relief. It's like, give thanks, give thanks, mercy and grace. (laughs) That's what it is, Cheryl. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That is Cheryl that called in about her sons. What a great story. All right. You you have uh, joined us. You've written to us. Uh, are there any more texts that we need to take a look at, Jonathan? Uh, someone did text in uh, just now. Uh, I will take $10,000 for my breast cancer bills. So that goes right. to what you're talking about with medical right. bills. I think that's going to be a little bit more tricky to get under control, uh, not under control, but to to dole out to people. Um, but I, w- why do you say that though? I think, I think the dealing with colleges and the, and that arena is going to be a little bit trickier than, or, or less tricky than dealing with like m- hospitals, medical insurance, that those industries, just my personal opinion. Look, if people keep their receipts, if people keep all of the notes that they have, all the the problems that they've had trying to pay the bills, if they're going broke, trust me, if you keep up with it, there has to be a way that you can be reimbursed. I really believe we're going to eventually and soon, I hope, get to deal with that. Because it's remarkable how much money they were charging um, for the sick, the sick and shut-in. Seriously, it's not right. It's not right. Something has to be done. So I'm what, all for that. One more text. The president thinks he has a bottomless checkbook for his spending, vote-getting. These sta- same students will be strapped with his debt problems in the future. 
Oh, like there's never been a president that's done that, huh? Yeah, yeah, there have been many, many presidents, and I don't think Biden is one of them. But thank you for writing in. Thank you for calling in. Uh, Coming up next, we have a guest, and I cannot wait to introduce them to you. Stay tuned. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.